welcome to this week's episode of Title Town. We're here to mourn the loss of the Bruins season and celebrate the success of the Celtics. Yeah. Some good and bad. Uh, I'm Melissa. That's Craig. Craig, how are you? You know, the listeners can't see you point at me. <laughs> and I'm fine. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm good. Feeling uh, a little called out right now, but that's fine. Yeah. All right. Uh... All right, let's jump right into it. I got a lot of, I got, I feel like I got a lot of feelings to work through. Oh, let's do it. We'll do a little therapy session. So, How are you feeling? Fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. That's like general consensus, I think, in Boston right now. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just speaking about the Bruins, that is to say, I'm fine. It's like, we, what did we say last week? We were talking about, they had just, wow. they were coming back to Boston tied, right? They, lo- they won yeah, game one, one lost one. game two. We were pumped. They'd stolen home ice back. Right, right, right. So, my take last week was if they lose to Tampa, I won't like lose my shit. Assuming yeah. it's like a hard fought series. It sort of wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, After so game one, it wasn't. No, no. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was close. It's not like they got blown out. Like if you look at the score, you don't feel bad about the game. If you like happen to miss a game and catch the score, you would sort of just assume that oh, it was sure. like, you know, close. back and forth type games. But like, if you watch them, yeah, you felt bad about it. Was it was bad. Yeah, that's like, what I was going to say. Like, uh, if you watched the games, you didn't feel like they were close. Yeah. How'd you feel about it? I know you were... You were. Uh, I, I was all in. I we, thought... had the, we had the house money question and you were like, Bruins are not yet playing with house money. Yeah. This is like expected win. So how, what, what's, your, what's, what's your take? I don't feel fine. I feel pissed. I feel pissed. <laughs> that's how people talk for sure. <laughs> that's how I talk. <laughs> um, Let's yeah, explore that feeling a little I, bit. I... They played like trash. And I think that's what's the most frustrating part. Like, mm-hmm. okay, if they'd gone to seven games, they even gone to six games and they'd played well and it had been hard fought and it was like, you know, late goals and really tight and they had a ton of scoring chances and just no puck luck. Like it, sometimes those things happen. Yeah. But I just felt like uh, they were. It's just, yeah, it, they look out of sorts. Yeah, Tampa just like picked and highlighted it every opportunity that the Bruins had mm-hmm. and like they were they looked slow they looked terrible in the defensive end they kept turning the stupid puck over they could not get I, out of their I own end it could, was infuriating it was making me nuts like what stop it stop just the, take the puck through the neutral zone I don't know what you're doing here you're being cute and it's getting you nowhere it, like just leaving pucks behind dropping them like not able to make Basic passes. There was a point. I'm glad you mentioned that. There was a point. I forget whether it was game three or game four, but I was watching with my girlfriend. And I was like, try to f- like, let me know the next time that you see two consecutive passes from one Bruin to another Bruin to another Bruin. Yeah. I want two passes in a row. And, w- and then I, it, then I walked that back. I was like, maybe five minutes goes by. I was like, maybe just one. one. Let me know when one, one happens. Cause literally just it's, it felt like every single puck was a 50, 50 puck with a Tampa player and a Bruins player. And it was just like hack it out of that situation into some other situation, right, which, which is was also same a situation over and over and over again. It felt like they had seven players on the ice the whole time. Yeah, it was I, the, Tampa. Like, Tampa was in their fucking why kitchen. Why are there so many of you? <laughs> it was just infuriating. Yeah, it wasn't great. Watch. I mean, yeah, the, the, the puck management, the turnovers and just like, yeah, the general inability to like string together a play, like right. get out of your own zone cleanly or even halfway cleanly anything i don't oh yeah it was i i wanted to like bang my head against the wall big and time even if they did and now i can't remember if this was game four or game five but i think it was game four they were like there was a whole sequence they were like oh it was the overtime game it was game four yeah they come out of the overtime they actually look pretty good coming out mm-hmm. they're like 
slinging the puck at the net. And I was like, there you go. Okay. You're getting some pressure on the goalie. Like that's what you want. They, the second they turned it over, I was like, Oh, game's over. They're going to score. Yeah, they're fucked. They're never gonna get the puck back. Right. It's like- and it goes right against two. And I was like, oh, okay. My yeah. husband was like, wow, how did you know it was going to happen? And I was like, cause they fucking suck. That's how and I went super South Boston was- and went on a rant. <laughs> <laughs> Out on the lawn. Yeah. Just throwing Bud Light cans at my neighbor. That one was particularly disheartening too. Cause that, I think that to me like represented the, the Bruce Cassidy, uh, l- lucky streak came to an end where like all throughout the season, it seemed like every move he made, every lineup change, oh, every yeah. line change was like, it just Gold. worked. Everything just worked. Yeah. Um, and some of it's like not really Cassidy more Sweeney, but like just the combination of GM and coach all year seemed like everything they did turned to gold including Donato and Gianta in the regular season who like came up and contributed right away. Yeah. They gave some guys some like, and like that, both those players, Ryan Donato and Ryan Gianta were activated that night. And the overtime goal was Donato loses Uh. the puck along the boards and it goes off of Gianta's foot to lose the game. I know. Shit. It couldn't have been worse for Cassidy. When you look at that that line just got hosed all game. And, and I mean, it's not like the third line was doing anything in games two and three either. So you have to try something. Oh I, yeah. I don't disagree with putting them in in the first yeah. place, but it was just kind of like, Ooh, twist the knife. Like the two fucking dudes. Like, I know. And why are you rolling out your third line in overtime? Well, that in was a playoff game. Thing. Yeah. Why are you rolling out the, the, the 19 year old kid who can, can't play in his own end. In right, overtime? He's got biology in the morning. He's got to get to. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah. I mean, I would have liked to that game in particular game four was the only one. I feel like they got robbed. That was when McAvoy got, was coming around behind his own net and kind of got like, basically tackled yeah and they missed that holding call and then that led to the tying goal which then led to overtime which then led to a loss and had they won that game okay now you're looking at a six game series instead of a five game series i think they still would have lost but sure you feel a little better about it that's my only disappointment is the nature of the series like the fact that they lost like it was clear that tampa was the better team yeah i mean after game one you were riding high like oh the bruins are great they're super i said it they're super in tampa's head like they've got them oh yeah I, it's, I, that it turned, seems silly that now but at the time quick. it made all the sense yeah. of the world and then i was like never mind never mind i was wrong i was 100 wrong everything i said was wrong yeah <laughs> yeah they just i mean tampa played they figured like, it out perfect road games particularly in like games three and four up here it was just like get an early need uh, get an early lead and then just yeah. like sit on the Bruins. they just sat on them like they right. once they stopped like once tampa stopped caring about scoring goals they were impossible to score against they all they did was when they got the puck on their stick in in their offensive end, they would just chip it into the corner and just go smash somebody. Like they weren't trying to score. Right, they up didn't two goals need to, none, to and they were just their whole team. This is what the Claude Bruins used to do. They'd get a lead and then they would just like smother teams. Right. You know, and it's like that's playoff hockey. Sometimes like that's kind of how that goes. You got to be able to protect the lead. Yeah. And the Bruins just were not able to get an inch at those at that point. I think I saw some stat that like. The uh, Lightning led the series for like 120 minutes. Oh, yeah. Going like into two game and a half five. games. Yeah. yeah and totally. it was like, Jesus. Right. And they were tied for like 60. And then the Bruins had the lead for six. Yeah. Brutal. That's <laughs> like, that's not great. Math. So uh, I know you've got a hot take on their just scoring in general. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a it's a problem when your team can't score at even strength. They could score on the power play. They even scored shorthanded. Oh, that, so like that goal is amazing. Yeah, but like so, special teams is driving all your scoring. Well, one that's not sustainable, and two, what happened to the team that we were complimenting for mm-hmm. like their offensive output 
for the entire second half of the season. We had conversations about like, holy shit, they're winning games like seven to five, eight to six. Like, is this reasonable? Should we expect this? Is this okay? And then, you know, worst case scenario, when all of a sudden you get to the playoffs and you weren't putting up those numbers anymore. Yeah. Yeah, they, they not scoring a five on five goal, and even so, it was from the end of game two to throughout the series. Yeah, they didn't score a five on five right. goal, and even like you could to get even more specific, that game two five on five goal that was from Tori Krug. So like a forward right. didn't score a, a right. five on five. Yeah, goal, it was a defensive like, goal the whole fucking time, basically. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that to me tells me that like we were a little bit fooled by the Bruins' success. I mean, obviously, we were a little bit fooled by Bruins' success in the regular season in that like. Those teams that win a lot that way, this used to happen to before the Penguins got like really good in the last, you know, like five, three, four years, like early on in the Sidney Crosby mm-hmm. era, like that team was like great on the like power play was lethal and they would come from behind and win a lot. And like those two things don't really translate to the playoffs. Like those are like great regular season qualities to have. Like, right, because you're playing a team that's maybe having an off night, or they're, they, or yeah, like, or they just, they're the, trash team. The and team like, just got an early lead, and they're just like, oh, fuck it. Right. We'll just, you know, pack it in from here. And like, you can just be like, bing, 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 bing. And like, you know, we saw the Bruins do that countless times, particularly oh, yeah. in that last sort of third of the season. But like, those two qualities generally don't translate to the playoffs, particularly the power play thing. Most teams that have like the lethal power play throughout the regular season, like, it's just a weapon you don't use as often, so it's th- therefore it's less effective. Like you, the Bruins' power play, like the rate of scoring was as good in the playoffs as it was in the regular season. Right. You, just you just get less calls, less. right? Right, because the the refs are letting more stuff go; yeah, they're letting it play, and then so you don't have as many. That that team is a better team too, so they're probably not drawing as many yeah, penalties, exactly. even if the refs were calling it tight. Yeah. So yeah, that was a, that was certainly the most frustrating part of the whole series, just the inability to score or like get out of your own end. Just like yeah, the t- I mean, Tampa's good. Are you like the type of person that when your your team loses, you then root for the team that beat you to win the Stanley Cup? No, no, I cheer against them the whole way. Really? Okay. Because <laughs> yeah. now it's Capitals <laughs> Lightning. In I know. Eastern I don't Conference want to finals. cheer for the Capitals. I just either. can't bring myself. I was I'll watching probably... the Penguins Capitals game six last night. I couldn't cheer for either of those teams. I either. was having literally was having a really hard time having any vested interest because I wanted them both to lose. Yeah, that's what gets hard when they're teams that you <laughs> hate. And I do hate both of those teams. I guess I do hate Tampa Bay less. I'm just going to cheer for the Western Division team. Yeah, well, sure. I Western mean, go, Conference go, team. Go, go Golden Knights. Is really oh, yeah, for sure. I'm 100%. But I wouldn't their mind. Court. I wouldn't mind. I, I'm, I go the opposite way. Like I like when my team loses, I want the other team to like go on and win the whole thing. Cause then you can look back on that and be like, well, yeah, yeah well, they no, one was, no one was beating Tampa that year. You guys, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, like that's true. I, I guess I like adopting no. that in hindsight. <laughs> I like to I mean? cheer against them still like, yeah, fuck you. Now you're out too. Yeah. God, that was their year. <laughs> Nothing you could do, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's very optimistic of you. Yeah. Well, um, all right. So game four, we also had our boy, Brad Marchand, uh, lick Ryan Callahan's <laughs> face. Um, like got right up and like nose window washed him. It was disgusting. How'd you feel about that? I thought it was funny the first time it happened because it's unexpected. When he kissed the guy's neck against Toronto. Yeah, that was good. By the time you get to the fourth time in the second series, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, you're not winning. You're not putting up enough goals. Yeah. You're getting shit calls all over the place and not getting calls for your team. And you're like, throwing it into the face of the refs with your like licking the nhl's already told you to stop twice 
it's he like it felt like he committed a, a horrible crime just based on the reaction from like the like yeah. the people in the studio between periods like didn't know how to deal with it like <laughs> I mean people literally lost their minds like which to me is crazy like a lot there's a lot of like sanctimonious hockey people that are like oh it's a disgrace to the game and Brad Marshall should be ashamed of it. it's like all right come feel on that way you That's literally have people aggressive. like taking like, scrambling people's brains with like right. You know, shots to the head against the boards and stuff, and like Ooh. Marshan's licking people, and that's the you know like right. that's the that's the slap to the face of the game of hockey. Like, shut up! It is gross. It just though. makes you uncomfortable, which is exactly the point. <laughs> it's extremely gross. That was disgusting. I was disgusted watching. But it that. didn't help them. No, 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 no and no. I'm surprised. You know, Chara or Bergeron wasn't like knock dude, it off, cut the shit. Yeah. Well, that that gets me to my take. Dude, cut the shit is is what Brad Marshall needs to figure out how to do. Like, I actually thought the licking was like funny. Like, I like that trolley aspect of Brad Marshall. Like, I, and I think the licking, kissing weirdo thing is like actually a cool and clever way to scratch that itch for him. Because like funny once or twice, but you gotta come up with something new. But the alternative for him, I feel like, is like injuring people. Sure. Which I don't do want that. him to do. Like, I don't yeah. want him to do Nazem Kadri and get himself suspended for three games. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, when he first started doing it, I was like, okay, clearly Brad Marchand has is has this compulsion to, like, fuck with people <laughs> and, like, be this little agitator that he can't get rid of. And, like, this is actually a pretty harmless way of doing that. It, you know what I mean? But then, okay, so that was, like, right when it happened, at least this most recent iteration of it. And then game four happened, and Brad Marchand can't buy a fucking penalty call. No. He's getting called for embellishment, and it's just like, oh, like you pissed off the refs, dude. Yeah, like you. They've had enough off of it. The refs, and now you just fucked yourself. Like you have a target on your back from the opposing team. Right. You have a target on your back from the opposing fans, and now you have a target on your back from the refs. It's like, yeah. So now you your put antics- yourself in an extremely difficult situation right. to like overcome. Right. Now your antics are causing the team detriment yeah and like you can't do that you're you're being becoming bigger than the game of play and like creating more hardships and obstacles than you need exactly to advance yeah so that on that level it's just like man someone it's he's 30 like he's not like a child he's not a a kid (laughs) you know what i mean like that's the part like he's smaller and like younger like you don't really think of brad martian as like a veteran player but like he's a veteran player on that team they're really young too so like 30s old yeah he should be like a like he's got to cut i can't think of what the word is like a role model for these younger players that are coming up neutral like don't be like the fucking devil on people's shoulders like oh man it's a 30 year old man (laughs) licking people in the face yeah, I don't. I yeah, I don't understand what comes over him. There's got to be other ways to he's, do it than he's, that. Uh, he's just play he's some just pranks off. in the locker room. I, but, like, <laughs> yeah, get right? it out. Put like baby powder and Tuka's helmet or something. Yeah, I don't know. What this <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> don't lick people on the ice. Yeah, this is. He's just. He's got this thing. He just needs to like. Some people just he, want to watch the world burn. You know, he's getting a reputation around the league too, and like it could come back to hurt him next season now because the league's going to be looking for that and do they suspend him for something like that if he tries to pull a stunt like that yeah again? i mean like you could i mean it, it wouldn't be that hard for the league to call that like you know unsportsmanlike conduct i think that's like what whatever. they said like, that if he kept know. doing it that's what they were going to call yeah, it like just cut the shit man disruptive behavior all right i got two more players i want to bitch about for a second okay actually no a couple more that i don't want to bitch about also. Oh, okay uh fucking rick nash Okay, well, he was just a rental player. I know. Took a puck off the knee. But you got to understand, uh, I was one of the people that was like so psyched pumped. when that happened. And he just, be- and everybody that was like, 
telling the true story of Rick Nash, which is like he's he's just the a dis- he's been a disappointment his entire career. Like that feeling, I now understand. Was it like his dad you were talking to? He's just a no, disappointment. It's everyone else, where it's like his reputation <laughs> is like being the most biggest talented guy who doesn't use his size and doesn't seem to ever be able to cash in on his talent, and it's just like, yep. Yep. But you got to give it to Don Sweeney for like making a move, recognizing that the the team had a chance and Mm -hmm. like going out and trying to get someone that was out on the market. That part I still love. Yeah, for sure. And it's not like Rick Nash was like bad, bad. He wasn't like a net negative, but like he wasn't very He didn't do anything. He didn't. He wasn't a make or break to the series in any way. I think when they signed him, you were like, oh, he could be the guy that like scores a couple goals and puts you over the top. Oh, God. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. If that's and, and that was sort of the story of the that Tampa series where like they couldn't get any scoring from anybody. The first line could do it and the power play could do it. But other than that, nobody could fucking yeah. put the puck in the ocean. Yeah. Um, how'd you feel about Tuca this series? I actually thought Tuca was pretty good. Yeah. He kept them in it. He didn't steal a game, right? We, when they talk about that cup run with Tim Thomas and it was like, Oh, he stood on his head. He's, he stole some games for you. Like he didn't do that, but he also, I didn't feel like was an abomination or no. like Tuca, like every time they get a lead, you're giving it back up. But right. it's like, I didn't feel like the pucks that went through were cheap shots like that he should have had. I thought he actually made some pretty fantastic saves. There was like a glove saving game three, I think in particular, where he just like stuck his paw out and like <laughs> snatched it. And I was like, shit, yeah. reflexes. There was a couple of times where he was put in bad positions. Yeah. And you're like, okay. I guess perfect world, like Stanley Cup Bruins, like you'd like for Tuca to just make a save that he has just absolutely no business sure. making. But like, you're right. I mean, he didn't have any bad. There was never a time where I'm like think calling for Hudobin in this series. Right. Like Tuca had a good series. Yeah. And you none of the games, him. he never got like blown out. Like even the, like they, the Bruins lost the series thoroughly, sure. but it wasn't because they got blown out on the scoreboard. Yeah, they he just never got let, like, beat on the ice, in. Right. you know? Well, and, I mean, the guy couldn't get a break. Right. Like Tampa Bay was just, yeah, they're all oh over him. Oh, my God. In the crease, all over him. Like, Jesus, he couldn't get a moment's rest. Tampa's also just much bigger than the Bruins. There's just some giant men on that team, particularly on defense. It's hard to think that because you always hear about, like, big, bad Bruins. Right. And when well, you're they, watching they, it... And they you're watching, once were big and bad. Now they're small and spindly. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they're so young. Yeah. Some of those guys yeah. haven't even, like, filled out yet and developed. Right. And, like, you're just watching these defensemen just chuck people into the yeah, boards. I mean, Victor Hedman like, on Tampa oh. is, like... Six five, like two eighty. Like yeah. he's like a fucking mountain. It's like a freight train coming at you. Yeah, yeah. And there's four of them because it's Callahan and Strawman. There's the other guy whose name I forget. Like they're like their defense was just pounding our forwards the entire time. Yeah, they had no chance. One thing I'm psyched about, player wise. Yeah. So I'm mad at Marshan. I'm disappointed with Rick Nash. I'm okay. pretty neutral with Tukarask. Yeah. Psyched on Charlie McAvoy. Yeah, he looks great. Oh God! Finally. He, he, so he hurt his knee at the end of the regular season. And mm-hmm. I feel like most of that Toronto series, he didn't like, he was wasn't like him. bonerific. Like he wasn't like, fuck yeah, Charlie. <laughs> but in this Tampa series, he like yeah. kind of came back to life a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's a violent little son of a bitch. Yeah, he has no fear. But, but like, yeah, he at just least like for takes me, people down and hits hard. He does hit hard. For me, I like kind of like sometimes in my mind, I kind of like lump him in with like the Tory Krugs of the world who are like technically defensemen, but like, contribute more on offense than they do on defense. Yeah. Like Charlie McAvoy is a legit defenseman who can like hit and like clear people out in front of the net, play the position. He's like, he like t- tipped away, like a m- feels like a million, like two on one passes and stuff like that throughout the series. Like, yeah, you felt good when they were, Charlie you know, McAvoy's even if they had legit. a little bit of a breakaway and he was there, you were like, well, 
Yeah. I mean, he's like he'll consistently help. making that play like fucking Chuck. <laughs> I'm, he's like, I'm so fired up about Charlie McAvoy. It's great. Okay. Who else are you pumped about? Mm, that's about it. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm pumped about like the general group of young forwards yeah. that look good for sure. Um, DeBrusque wasn't exactly the, the impact player that he was in the Toronto series, in the Tampa series. He was mostly invisible in this series. Yeah, but you know that he's got it in him now. So, you you know, a couple more years in the league and like a couple more years with the team and they kind of gel a little bit more and you bring some of those other guys up from Providence, you know, you can kind of see where the future's going with this team. Yeah. And I mean, what's interesting too, is like, this is a good year to just be like, feel good about the future for sure. Like there's still a bunch of young players that they drafted around the same time that they drafted DeBrusque and whatnot that yeah. like still haven't yeah, they're not up here come yet. up to the NHL level. Like this isn't over. Like the no. youth movement of the Bruins isn't over yet. Like this is this like, this was like the first year of it. I feel like this is like, remember in like 2013 when the Red Sox won the world series mm-hmm. and Xander Bogarts was like the, the call up in the end of the season. Yeah. He ended up having like a great postseason. Um, and like, you were like, Oh shit. Yeah. Xander Bogarts. And then like, then comes Mookie Betts, then comes Jackie Bradley, then comes Andrew Benatendi, and you're like, keep it coming, baby, this is yeah. great. <laughs> um, so, like, I feel like that, we're, like, at that point with them, like, Pasternak was, like, the first one, and then you've got your DeBrusques and your McAvoys, and, like, there's this Forsbacher Carlson kid, it's JFK, they call him, and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget the other he one's came up name, a couple but, like, times this yeah, year, yeah, yeah, but, like, the, there's more to come. It's not, like, this whole thing is over, but. Isn't it hard to remember that, that Pasternak's young? Uh... He feels like he's been around for a while. Yeah. I mean, it's easy. To, it's like short memory on this thing. Right. You know, I just, you know, you talking about like this was Charlie being, McAvoy's rookie year. Like, I feel I, that's like he's incredible been here for a long time. to me. It Maybe it's just because how long this season is or because like you do hear about these guys yeah. from Providence because they like come up once in a while or, you know, the uh, AHL team is so close by that right. like you hear their names. Mm-hmm. But uh, like they were talking about Pasternak in the game the other day and I was like. Shit, I forgot that he's like yeah, you that forget. young and he hasn't been around forever because I always like lump him with like Bergeron, Krejci, Marshan. Right, right, right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Just a random thought. No, no, no. It's true. I mean, <laughs> I feel that on on the Celtic side of things too. I feel that same way about like Tatum and Brown. Like I feel like Jason Tatum's been on the team forever. It's yeah. just like, yeah. Well, this I, is who we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like retroactively like putting him in memories I have on the team where he wasn't actually there. <laughs> he was 12. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, let's switch to the Celtics. It's a happier topic. Yeah. All right. So, so where, where we left off with the Celtics was they won the first one. They obviously won the second. And then more surprisingly, the yes. third game three. Very in surprising. Philadelphia. Very surprising for everybody involved. It was my favorite moment in sports for a long time. That was awesome. That I can remember. Tell the people. I will. The end of game three, um, the Celtics hit a I don't know some kind of shot I'm not gonna pretend I know I don't so they take the, the lead yeah there was There's a steal 1.7 seconds yeah. and then 1.7 left yeah, yeah <laughs> okay yeah. now 1. let me get 1. to 1.7 seconds left Philly's inbounding the ball to and they're down two right Bellinelli or whatever that dude some Italian guy somehow playing on the court mm-hmm. goes up for a jump shot from like the outer line yeah three from point like line the corner yeah yeah on the corner and hits it but mm-hmm. his feet are clearly half on the line which makes it immediately Two points, two not three. Two pointer. Uh, somehow everyone in Philly forgot that, though, and started celebrating as if they had just won the NBA championship. Confetti is falling. The guy's being <laughs> carried off the court like the hero. And everyone's like, two, it's a two. two. It's a two. There's just a bunch of we got, people. We got overtime. Like we got overtime. Two fingers in the air. like. <laughs> well, so I think Bellinelli knew it. 
like he he knew he was on the line. Right. I think the team knew it. Well, who's picking him up and carrying him across? But you can celebrate that. Like that's an okay thing to celebrate that you just tied the it game. It was a and very it aggressive overtime. celebration yeah. for tying the game. But what makes it look like I don't think the actual like people in uniform thought that that they had just won. Yeah. The fucking and and I don't even blame the fans for thinking that because all the context clues would indicate that you right. just won. If I was a fan in the seats, I would, I would assume the guy with the confetti falling. button is sure of himself. <laughs> they blast the confetti. The confetti was which the is, best part. It's only game three. <laughs> that's the, that's the thing. Like that's the embarrassing part. Like Philadelphia. Like you are not a two bit sports town like this isn't right. like you're the, the memphis grizzlies here right. like this is like you should have higher standards for <laughs> confetti games game three you're if even if you had one you're still down two one right you didn't take a serious lead you didn't even win the series like now put the fucking confetti away confetti. and save yourself future embarrassment because clearly guy's got a hair trigger on that confetti thing the that confetti ain't cheap either I you bet. know what the worst thing was <laughs> even worse than the confetti the head coach brett fucking brown puts his finger in the air and starts walking to the locker room. Yeah, he, he thought, thought it was a three-pointer. The head fucking coach of the team, who's proved to be a dingus throughout this series. <laughs> and then the fact that the Celtics just came out in overtime and like it was pretty close for the first half of overtime, but they ended up just like Yeah, because the Sixers just can't and- get their heads out of their ass. That's a dumb team. That's the looks on people's faces in the stands. Oh, ESPN did a great job uh, of that. That Because it was so much time. There was so much time because the confetti took like 15 minutes to get the fuck off yeah, the court. Yeah, they didn't get it off the court. So like that whole time like you were just like, time. yeah. Just watching the Philly fans just so disappointed. Yeah, I mean, that How was... How many people ran out of the arena, you wonder, that didn't even see the end of the game? I liked they were showing this douchebag with a Tom Brady jersey like dancing oh, in the I aisle. Oh, I saw that, yeah. And he was dancing and I think he missed the shot. Like he he didn't see it because he was too busy like shaking his ass in everybody's yeah. face. And then he's like, they go, they cut back to him and he's like looking at the court, like looking at the scoreboard, looking at the court, looking at the confetti, like <laughs> trying to piece it together. He's like, it seems like it's tied, but everybody feels, is acting like they just won. Like, what the fuck? I didn't see it. I was dancing. I'm wearing the wrong sport jersey. <laughs> I have a real problem with that as I a fashion choice. I was just about to say, pet peeve of mine, wearing other sports things to the sports game. Yeah, like, okay, you're from Boston. If you don't have a Celtics jersey to wear... Just wear regular just, clothes. Right. Wear not that a hoodie. Like no one, you know, you can't, I don't know. I can't even articulate it because it irritates me. There was a, at the Celtics game I was at last week, there was a woman with a, like a New York Giants jersey with matching hat. I was like, who even are you? Like, this isn't just like general sports celebration. Yeah. This is a specific game between specific teams. If you don't have anything to wear to support one or the other, just wear what you were going to wear. Wear normal shit. Yeah, and like Whatever. to wear a giant. That's not even the right city. Totally off. Just it's the right colors, I guess, if you were. way off menu. Yeah. Just way over there. <laughs> You're just trying to incite people around you. Yeah, I'm having a hard time with this Philly series because like I don't watch a ton of basketball. Me either. And everything I heard about the fucking Sixers was that they were really good. Like, watch out, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And like, yeah, they look, I mean, Embiid is fine because he's huge and can shoot. And so like, whatever. He looks like what he was billed to be. Ben Simmons... I don't understand what he's good at. Like, I just don't understand what he's good at. He can't shoot. He he can't dribble. He turns over the ball, like feels like every other possession. Like, I don't what like, what am I supposed to be afraid of with Ben Simmons? I heard someone, I forget who it was talking on the radio about how like, well, he's used to having like smaller, like point guards defending him and he's like bigger than them. And then like, sometimes they'll put someone cause he's like 6'10". He's pretty tall for a yeah. point guard. 
And then, but then sometimes when it's like the Gronk thing, he's faster than the big guys. He's, he's bigger than the fast guys, right? right. Like the, just like the built in mismatch of Rob Gronkowski sort of applies right. it's to hard Ben to Simmons. Defend, yeah. And, but then who do you like, put against him? Well, apparently Al Horford. <laughs> and then he's, he's trash. Like Al Horford equals Ben Simmons is trash. Apparently. I don't, I, I, such a random, like, who knew? You're right. Al Horford <laughs> who who's knew? been like, we had the answer dog, dog in year. uniform. Yeah. Like, oh, we found a script tonight. Yeah. I mean, Al Al Horford's been great. I mean, I, I'm actually coming around on Al Horford a little bit. I mean, he's he, like, I feel like he, I feel like he's like the dad of the team. You know, <laughs> this is one of those opportunities where like he's a veteran player. He wasn't necessarily going to be the top guy on this team when you when you like think about the big three, the previous big three. He was the kind of Ray Allen, like the extra guy that would maybe help get you over. Yeah, and. The third player yeah, of a third big three. Player of I big see three. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, you were looking at me like I don't follow. So uh, he wasn't there, <laughs> but yeah, okay. Um, but he's he like took an opportunity. Kyrie's out. Hayward's obviously been out. Yeah. And it was like, I guess it's me, and didn't just roll over, lay down, totally. and be like, "Well, see you next season." But actually, was like, "Well, I am a basketball player too. Like, I can play." Fuck yeah! And like had some great games and put up a ton of points in those games and has been pretty solid for the team. Yeah. I, I'm also ready to give Brad Stevens like all the credit. <gasps> oh my I God. Know. Mark the I tape. I really am. I mean, I haven't, I realized this the other night. I forget what game we were, I was watching, but I was like, I didn't feel at no point during this Sixer series and like the second half of the Buck series. Have I felt like, oh man, they're missing, you know, they're missing their star players. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. It, you, you feel like you watch these games and they, they don't feel undergunned. They don't not feel short handed. Like it, there's never been a point where you're like, yeah, well, you know, if only we had Kyrie, there's the, uh, there's the absence of Kyrie Irving showing up. You know what I mean? It's just like Terry Rozier. And then when he's not, he doesn't have it. Shane Larkin's got it. And Mark and smart is doing Mark and smart things. And <laughs> Jalen, uh, Jason Tatum has looked fucking great. It's just like yeah. at a certain point, I do tie that back to the coach. Like the fact that like they're, they look like a cohesive team that this they look like this was the team they intended to go deep in the playoffs with. Yeah, which, and they won on the road like they Yeah, winning on the three, road, coming home like NBA playoffs, that's like the most automatic thing ever. Going up 3-0 in that series is like huge. Shit. Huge. That you know, we talk all the time about how like home court is such an advantage oh, in the massive. NBA. And like the last series everyone that had home court won, you kind we expected that to carry forward into yeah. this series and we're like, well, the Celtics will win by circumstance then. Yeah, I just don't but see them losing at home. Exactly. Stealing one on the road is like huge. Huge. In I the wish they fucking cleaned it all up last night. That would have oh, been good been for great. our purposes, but yeah. what can you do? Uh they play again Wednesday night and hopefully game 5 in Boston they just take care of business and move yeah. on because bring right. on LeBron, baby. Yeah, he he and the uh Cavaliers swept the Raptors right now. So fucking pathetic. That was such shit. Like the stupid Raptors just like rolled over. Yeah. They Goddamn suck. Canadians. They're too Soft. fucking nice. Yeah. Soft. <laughs> I just let LeBron have it. <laughs> uh, hey, you want to get to this lightning round? Yeah, I do. Sick. Wait, I had one more thing I wanted to talk about with the Celtics. Rip it. So I don't want to get to the lightning round yet. Yeah. So I was driving home last night when the Celtics game started. So we didn't get to see this live. Uh -huh. But the Terry Rozier joel Embiid like fighting oh, over the ball little like you know nba fight mm -hmm. it wasn't like a malice in the palace kind yeah. of thing but yeah, they yeah. like scruffed up a little on the floor yeah you think was, that carries over uh so yeah last night definitely got a little chippy yeah marcus morris and joel Embiid were going back and forth but uh, like uh joel Embiid was like they were very conveniently using like hand gestures when they were talking to each other, which made the camera like really sort of spell out exactly what they were saying. Yeah. Joel Embiid is like tapping his forehead, 
his own forehead. Yeah. Being like, we're in your head, we're in your head, we're in your head. And Marcus Morris isn't even looking at him. He's just going like with his yeah. hand, three, oh, three. Oh, <laughs> I did see three, that. Oh. And it was like, that was cool. Marcus Morris good. can talk shit. The Terry Rozier, Joel Embiid thing was like, yeah, Joel Embiid just tried to like take the ball from him and Terry Rozier was like, what the fuck? And then they just sort of like started pushing each other. But then on the immediate uh, possession that followed, Joel Embiid hits a three and oh. then Celtics come back up the floor and Terry Rozier hits a three. So oh. that was cool. Yeah, it's getting a little chippy. I think that's like advantage Celtics, honestly. I do too. Um, because They're I just, just don't see anything from the Sixers that would let, get me to think that they can like pull their heads out of their asses. So the more like distracted with bullshit they get, I think it's right. better because the Celtics are well coached and can actually like focus on things. And I feel like the Sixers are literally just like running around and Brett Brown's just like. He does not seem to know what's going on. No, he doesn't know shit. We'll he, get to. Yeah. Him getting eviscerated right. on ESPN in a moment. <laughs> All right, let's get to the lightning round. All I'm right. ready now that I talked about that. Fabulous. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Remember, we got to move quick. Okay. Uh, so we talked about Marshand earlier, being a little instigator. Yeah. After the series, he took to Twitter to continue his behavior. Uh, he was tweeting shit to the Canadians, a Canadian's beat reporter and Joe Haggerty mm. of all people. Friendly uh, fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is this a good way for Marshan to start his off season? No. Why not? Cut the crap, Brad. <laughs> You're a grown man. <laughs> Put the phone away, go play some golf, chill the fuck out. And like, I don't know, talk to a therapist. I don't know what to tell you. Can work out your issues pissing me off i think it's hilarious like he's great at being a troll like he unlike lots of celebrities and athletes seems like he looks at his mentions and actually engages with the, with the people yeah but i mean it's entertaining but like good god man he's he's no holds barred he's mean he can't not troll people no he told the canadians that they didn't know what they were talking about since they haven't been relevant since like october yeah right and then he called and the he last called two the fat. fat yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he goes low in yeah. Yeah. on on the ice and off Right. Not even necessarily like the most creative insults. No, he no, tweeted no, no, no. a pig at Joe Haggerty. He's not a smart man. <laughs> anyway. Uh, LeBron James. Yes. Our friend. Basically single-handedly swept the Toronto Raptors out of the playoffs, yeah. proving that he owns their ass oh. and that the Raptors are pathetic like we just talked about a moment ago. Uh, assuming the Celtics move on, uh, which if they don't, that's a fucking disaster. Oh, we'll be no one in the history of the sport that. has ever come back from a 3-0 deficit yep. in a playoff series. It's happened. Uh, but assuming the Celtics move on, are they running into the LeBron James buzzsaw? I fear that the answer is yes. Yeah, I think the answer is yes. <laughs> it could be a good series, but LeBron just can like carry a shit team behind him. Kevin Love seems to have like figured his shit out, and that's a real down turn for the Celtics yeah chances. that's not a good sign because really yeah I mean it wasn't really single-handed Kevin Love has been playing really well yeah. but Kevin Love is like the Rick Nash of basketball so I'm hoping that he fucking like turns Chokes. into a pumpkin <laughs> when we need him to uh speaking of shitty Toronto a new trend in the NBA seems to be celebrity super fans like Drake and then Kevin Hart was a uh, running all over the court in Philly at worst they're talking shit and ch- chirping opposing players at best they're just super fans who are way too emotionally invested is it cool to see a celeb acting like a normal person uh, or just shut the fuck up and stay in your seat? Uh, I don't think it's cool. I don't think it's cool either. Because, yeah, it's just like, I don't know, like just uh, uh, particularly Drake, who's like literally like getting in the faces of like yeah. NBA players. Like he was like legitimately chirping, like right at uh, Kendrick Perkins, who would like 
pop Drake's head off and eat it like a fucking grape. Like, shut up, dude. Like, you are a rapper and a fan of this basketball team. Just sit in your seat, look cool with your courtside tickets, right. and like be rich and shut up. Act like you've been there before. It's embarrassing. I honestly think it's embarrassing to see people like get like way too worked up. Yeah. Even though like it happens to me frequently, but like you I don't know. No one can see you. You're not at the side of the and court. The Kevin camera. Hart thing is just like, uh -oh. dude. I feel like if I was from Philly, I'd even be annoyed with Kevin Hart. Like he like as a comedian too. Like he, he like feels like this obligation to like be like funny all the time. Duh. Like that's like his thing. Like Jalen Brown like misses. He came to the game in Boston. Like Jalen Brown misses a free throw, and he's like, they cut to Kevin Hart, and he's like laughing hysterically. Like <laughs> I can't believe he just missed a three free throw. Yeah. It's just like, dude. Like. I don't know. I just like I, the celebrity super fan thing. Like, uh, be a fan, but like, yeah, like be gets, low key, like a fan. Right. And, but in like, no one else know. can run on the court and act like an asshole. Right. Because the thing is, I, I, you know what? All right. Let me crystallize this a little okay. bit better. I respect it when like celebrities or whatever are like getting into the mix with normal people and then you can act like a fan. Sure. If you just want to sit in the stands, act like a fan by all means. Like, but if you're going to be like courtside guy, you should be like, come on. Act like you've been there before. Right. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. keep your shit together. <laughs> we can all see you on TV. And we don't, we're not here for you. This isn't your show. Yeah. Um, all right. Hey, uh, speaking of LeBron James. Oh, yeah. Uh, after hitting a buzzer beater to beat Toronto in uh, game three of their series a few nights ago, the following day, SportsCenter's top 10 was just 10 different angles of that same <laughs> shot over and over and over. The whole top 10 was just that one shot as if nothing else ever happened, happened <laughs> other than that in the entire wide world of sports. Uh, should ESPN have more self-respect or just go full fanboy because only children watch sports center anyways. They it, should have more self-respect. Yeah, I think so too. It's embarrassing. And it's one of the digs I think on ESPN all the time is that they don't cover every sport. And like you have playoff hockey happening too. You mean to tell me there wasn't a sick goal or like a great save that could have been in the top 10. And I'm sure there like, was at least 12 right. of both. You couldn't pick two of them. And like, okay, you're funny. M maybe the top five is all the LeBron shot to be like funny, but you, you, there's other games happening too. Yeah, there's other NBA games happening. Treat too. it like you would treat any other good play in any other game. Right. Like, don't take your pants off and run around the studio with just because LeBron James hit a buzzer beater. Yeah. They're all just LeBron sycophants. Uh, speaking of ESPN. Yeah. Not many people turn to ESPN for sports coverage anymore. And the ratings for sports center and similar programmings has dropped considerably over the last few years. ESPN has turned to desperate attempts to salvage viewership, including televising, televising a spike ball tournament at 7 p.m. last Sunday. What is spike ball is my first question for you. Oh. And then should ESPN have more self-respect self or go full fanboy? Uh, spike ball, just for those that don't know, that game, you, play, you see it played on like beaches a lot circular <laughs> webbing in between everybody and you like bounce the ball off of it and it like you like bounce it okay it's like a, it's literally like a beach game it's yeah, like it sounds cornhole. like sounds like i'm playing or can next jam. to it it's the equivalent of like a can jam tournament on espn okay. yeah it's stupid i don't know what espn is trying to do but like they need to just like reel it in and like be better just do better just, you don't have to do what you're doing you don't have to do anything different than what you're doing but just do what you're doing and do it better yeah, Cover I, sports. Right, exactly. Just like, do a better job of it. Have analysts that have opinions and ideas and like can walk you through what's happening. It's not that hard. In different sports and tell us about like the teams that are playing and like what their strengths are and how the opponent is going to yeah. take advantage of those. Just base your whole network off PTI. Everybody loves PTI. Everybody's always loved PTI. Everybody will always love PTI because they're smart and insightful and just do that. Right. 
All the 24 time. 24 <laughs> Or try, anyways. Uh, speaking of ESPN, <laughs> just swinging from vine to vine here. Uh, Stephen A. Smith just fucking eviscerated the coach of the Sixers, Brett Brown, after they lost in game three. Yeah. I'll give you a little, a little taste of it just, just to feel the heat. This is the first time in my professional career coaching, um, you know, covering the NBA. I love how he accidentally says coaching there because he, I think he sees himself as a, as a coach. Yeah. <laughs> that I've seen a coach lose all three games in a playoff series. That's my thought. Game one, they were ill-prepared. Game two, that second quarter, you threw the game away by being up 19 with 3.43 left in the first half, and you let them go on a run to close it to within five. You call no timeouts. You make no substitutions. You don't slow the pace. You don't get the ball inside to Joel Embiid, and you don't sub in anybody like a Markel Fultz. Tonight, Philadelphia, game three, turnover prone. As Doris accurately pointed out, it's been a problem with them all year long. At the end of regulation, why do you have a sh- Oh, my God. Yeah, he went went in off. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, uh, first of all, shout out to NBA or TNT, I guess in this case, uh-huh. having a woman color commentator. Yeah, for the entire game. Word. Good for her. They also the NBA has like a couple female refs yeah. floating around too. There's a woman interviewing for the I think I think it's the Bucks head coaching job right now. Hmm. Yeah, they've actually oddly been the sort most of progressive a, sport. Yeah, not yeah. actually progressive, yeah. like objectively, but like over, compared to the other ones. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, so Stephen A fucking eviscerated Brett Brown. Do you think that, uh, well, generally, are you a fan of Stephen A Smith? And do you think he was letting his Philadelphia fanhood show a little bit there on that on that rant? Uh, generally, I am not a fan of Stephen A Smith. I think he he plays a type too much. Like mm-hmm. he's always angry guy yelling into the microphone about everything yeah. and won't listen to a counterpoint or like you can't really, it doesn't feel like you could ever have a conversation with him. No, certainly not. Um, so I'm not a fan of that style of like reporting Yeah, because I just think it's difficult to listen to and frustrating. Yeah. Um, I think he was a hundred percent speaking as a fan in that case and not an objective you can reporter. Hear the frustration for yeah. sure. I like Stephen A. You do? I, I like it. My sports takes shouted at me. <laughs> Uh, baseball question. <laughs> the Sox play the Yankees in New York starting tonight, yeah. Tuesday. Uh, Yankees are 17 and three after the Joe Kelly fight game. Whoever wins this series will have first place in the AL East walking away. Did the Red Sox accidentally wake up the Yankees with that brawl? Uh, yes, I think they absolutely did accidentally wake up the Yankees with that brawl. I don't, I wouldn't take the brawl back. I think it was good for both teams and I think it was good for like the, the relationship, Rivalry. you know, but like for sure, the Yankees yeah. galvanized after that game without a doubt. Um, and now they're basically almost tied for first place. Whoever uh, wins this series walks away with it. Like you said. Yep. Um, speaking of baseball. Whoa. These transitions are killer. Vine to vine. Vine to vine. <laughs> like fucking Tarzan just swinging <laughs> through the jungle. Uh, the uh, Major League Baseball announced today, Tuesday again, Breaking that uh, Sox-Yankees are going to play a series in London next year. Yeah. What's your take on the, sp- the American sports uh, in London and MLB or in any league? Um, I'm not for it. I think it adds unnecessary travel to both teams, which like teams talk all the time about like the travel is hard. That's basically a West Coast trip. Like that's a five hour plane ride. It's a weird time change. It's weird for the fans. I, I mean, I guess if you want to go and see the game, that's cool. But if you're here, that's on at like a weird time of day because now you have yeah. probably a two o'clock game. <laughs> and like, what is the benefit to MLB? Are they someday going to put a team there? Because that wouldn't be great for yeah. that team. They would constantly have to travel. 
over here to the U.S. Like, I just don't understand the long term vision of like where that's going. Yeah. Why London would be my question. Like I remember a couple of years ago, well, I guess it was a lot of years ago now, almost 10 years ago now, but remember when uh, the Sox opened up like the regular season yeah. in Japan? Japan? Yeah. Like that was rad. I thought yeah, that's cool. Like, cause that's like a place where baseball actually matters. Like people play baseball right. in China and Japan and stuff like Tons that. Tons of so, players like, come over from there yeah. to like, the MLB. That, that made all the sense in the world. <laughs> but like, yeah, why London is my question. Yeah. It's bizarre. All right. Bonus one for you. Oh. So yesterday was the uh, 16 year anniversary of the famous. Oh, I thought I was going to get to ask you this question. Well, but I got to get, I got a mall cue oh, up okay, here. So, okay, and okay. I want to get your reaction more than anything else because okay. you haven't heard it. Uh, well, not for a long time. Right. Anyway, 16 year anniversary anyway. of the Allen Iverson uh, practice press conference. Yeah. Which I will play for you now. <laughs> it's easy to sum it up when you just talk about practice. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice, not a game, not a, not not the game that I go out there and, and die for not the game. and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. I, don't, I'm not, was I mean, it the how game? silly is that? Is we're talking game? about I'm practice. Sure. I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to lead by example. I know that. And I'm not I'm not shoving it aside, you know, like it don't mean anything. I know it's important. <laughs> but I do. I honestly do. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? I think it's practice. practice. <laughs> We're talking about practice, man. <laughs> We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. When you come into the arena and you see me play, you see me play, don't you? You see me give everything I got, right? Absolutely. But we talking about practice right now. We talking about practice. Man, I look, I hear you. I, it's funny to me too. I, I mean, it's strange. It's strange to me too. But we talking about practice, man. We not even talking about the game, the actual game, when it matters. We talking about practice. Alan, is it possible though? Oh God, it's still so good after all these years. Oh my God. <laughs> After all these years, it still holds up. So my question to you, Melissa, is that the greatest press conference meltdown of all time? It's hardly even a meltdown. He's pretty composed. Yeah, I think that's the thing is it's not a meltdown. It's not my favorite. It's insane how long he goes on saying the same two sentences. Oh, uh, unbelievable. Just over and over and over I again. I love it. I love it. Like He and, actually and gets... he he just through brute force of repetition, he actually gets the press corps around to like agree with them. By the way, they start laughing. They're like, yeah, you know what? This is kind of stupid. He even says all the reasons that he should be at practice. I'm supposed to be setting an example. I know I'm supposed to be there. And it's like, (sighs) yeah, you're an asshole, buddy. Like, what are you doing? Details around that came out years later. And I think he was shit faced during that that press conference. What's your favorite uh, uh, podium meltdown? My favorite will always be Dennis Green just working himself up into a tizzy and screaming about the bears and just yelling they are who we thought they are this and like is, uh, it doesn't even a make long time ago sense. head coach of the arizona cardinals yeah danny green rest in peace funny you mentioned that <laughs> i have the clip oh weird four picks against grossman and two fumbles what do you see about the bears uh, we shut them down that way no we you know i mean we, we just uh, let's, we, the bears are what we thought they were what, what, what we thought they were we played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bull? Oh. 
We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. Now we're yelling. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, (laughs) then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. The reason that's my favorite is because he starts... Just answering the question. Oh, yeah. Standard response. Works himself into such a tizzy. You're obviously not watching at home. He slaps the side of the podium (laughs) and it like shakes. And then at the end, it's just deafening silence until that guy goes, thanks, coach. And he walks away. And then they clap. Yeah. I don't. No, they don't. Just that one guy on the sideline. And the camera just follows him walking out. And it's like, what the hell just happened? Whoa. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I feel like practice is the best, though. We ain't talking uh, about the game. The game. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice. And he just practice. says it. Says it. Says it. Not even talking about the game. Not even talking about the game. Do I play when you're here? <laughs> I'm out there. I play. They're all like, yeah, you do. Your coach keeps bringing oh, it up. Though. God. Oh, yeah. I don't know. So great. It's all right. Mess. Well, that about does it for us. Yeah. We'll see you next week, hopefully with a Celtics series wrapped up yeah and I mean, moving I, on to cleveland i would hope that we're like uh elbow deep in this uh cleveland series by then right i i would hope Celtics gonna have home court in that one too right yeah I think yeah because the Cavs finished third we were second yeah yeah, yeah. okay nice hey that'll be interesting we, we know that's our jam we like that see you out there folks right. uh give us a follow on uh, all the various internet places at tattletown cast yeah uh you can find us on itunes mm-hmm. rate subscribe all that stuff tell a friend do it Whatever you want. See ya. All right, bye. Later.